0: Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Baldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for expert insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to find a retail deal all the way to exiting it. This is a fantastic episode. We're chatting with Beth Azor. She is the CEO of Azor Advisory Services. She has been in retail for 36 years and she has a lot of fantastic information. This is really the good, the bad and the ugly of this deal. And you're going to love it. Here we go. Beth, thank you so much for joining us today. I was so blessed to be at your conference last year. And it was such a fantastic conference. I actually did an episode on that experience. It was a a really phenomenal event that you, you shared real life insights. And I thought it would be great to bring you back here to talk about one of your retail deals. The good, the bad, and the ugly that at the last day of the event, we did a tour bus, and you went through multiple of your properties, and you went through everything about the deal. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to have you here, talk about one of the deals that we did the tour bus. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? I will. Thank you,
1: Stephanie, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so happy that you were able to join us last year for the summit and you know you're going to be a speaker this year at the summit in march in orlando so i'm excited to have you but i am beth azor and i am in south florida and i own now five shopping centers i sold one a few months ago they're worth 80 million dollars and i have been doing retail for 36 years And that's all I know. And that's all I do. And I love it. And I'm excited. You know, I want women to invest in commercial real estate, which we'll talk about. But yeah, so that's me, South Florida retail.
0: Let's talk about whatever deal you want to talk about where let's go over how you found it, what happened throughout the deal, if you still own it or not, and we'll take it from there.
1: Sure, sure. So I'm going to talk about b Plaza. B&B stands for my partner and I. In this, in this deal, I only have one partner. His name is Barry. But in all my other deals, I have multiple partners. How this came about is I was at a city commission meeting for a charity that I was on the board of, and we were going to pitch for some grant money. And while I was sitting in the audience of the city commission meeting, the city commission outlawed strip clubs, Stephanie. And immediately my brain went to a strip club on Maine and Maine in my town that I live in. And I said, oh my gosh, they're outlawing strip clubs. It was going to happen 24 months from then. So the next morning I look up on the tax rules on the address of the strip club. And I find out this 80 year old couple in Jacksonville, which is four hours from here, owned this building and this strip club. They didn't own the strip club. They rented to the strip club. And I said, hey, Did you know that I'm calling you about your building, you know, where Eden's nightclub is located? And they said, yes. And I said, well, last night at the town of Davies commission meeting, they outlawed strip clubs. So 24 months from now, there will not be a strip club there. So would you like to sell me your building? They're like, no, we don't believe you. And I'm like, you know, we get 10,000 a month cash from the strip club. I'm like, well, I'll give you the cash for the strip club. I want to buy the building and the real estate. So I sent them the minutes of the meeting. And we started having a dialogue and they were not jumping up and down to sell me the building. So I said, okay, I've got to figure out how to get to these people. So I started asking people who knew them. And one of my current tenants in a shopping center that I own down the street, a barbecue restaurant, knew them. And he said, I'm kind of like their nephew. I'm like, great. I will pay you, quote unquote, nephew, a finder's fee if you can figure out how to get me in with them so that they sell me their building. So he tried a little bit and they didn't really go anywhere. And then I found out that they were selling another piece of property and they hired a friend of mine to be their broker. So I called him and I said, hey, I see you're selling another deal for this couple. I want to buy the one in Davie. You know, I'm happy to pay you a commission if you can get me in there. I made an offer and they came back and said, we want more. I go, great. How much more? And they go, we don't know. Just offer more. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to play that game. So that kind of went to the wayside. And then I found out later that they don't like that guy. So it's very important when you're trying to use people to get to people, you you, you know, they didn't really like him. So that kind of hurt me. So I finally started, I'm so persistent. I flew to Jacksonville and had tea in their living room and I just said, one day you might want to sell the deal and i own two shopping centers nearby i would really like to buy it so they were able to put a face to the name that i wasn't some big corporation it was just me so they started having like serious talks with me but then it then they they got sick first the husband got sick and then the the wife got sick so it didn't go anywhere and now we're getting close to the two year where the strip club's going to close i was panicking because I knew the minute the strip club closed, all my competition was going to swoop in on the on these people because it was phenomenal real estate. And no one knew, no one knew that the strip club was going to close. They didn't know, they don't read the paper. They don't go to the commission meetings. Wow. So finally, one of my partner, Barry said, once they decide to sell, and we know that they're going to, and we know competition is going to come in. What do you think is the thing that's going to be the most important to them? And because I had talked to them many times, I said timing. And he said, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Call them and ask them if we could do a survey and environmental on the property while they still own it, like have them give us permission to do that work so that when, and if they decide to sell we will beat everyone else because everyone else will have to be contingent on that and we won't, which was a brilliant idea. So I said, well, I know you're not really ready to sell yet, but if in case you ever do, I know you're go- going to want to close in 24 hours. So can we go ahead and go on the property? We'll give you insurance and we'll you know, do the environmental and the survey and the title. So we did that and the site was clean. So now we're prepped. So now of course the two year mark comes, the strip club closes and exactly my prediction like four competitors of mine swoop in, you know, they were very aggressive with these people and and they didn't understand. They didn't know them. So I get a call from a young man. He goes, hi, I'm Mr. And Mrs. Smith's son. And you know, they've been very ill. You know, they've been in and out of the hospital. They've said that I should take over this and we're definitely going to sell. And I'm coming to town to meet five of you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I said, okay, can I be the last person? And he said, yes. And he said, my parents really like you, by the way, so you have the jump ball. And I'm like, awesome. He was 22 years old and he had just graduated from West Point. So I'm thinking, oh my, and he knew nothing about real estate. So he meets with my four competitors and I'm the fifth meeting and I'm just chit-chatting with him and I say, so, you know, what are you going to do now that you graduated from West Point? He goes, well, I really like to get a job in Washington, D.C. doing consulting work. And I said, oh, really? I said, I know a guy in the military, but I don't know ranks. Like, what's the top? And he said, general. I go, no, he's not a general. What's the next thing? He said, admiral. I go, yes, my friend is an admiral. He goes, he is? And I said, he's a consultant in Washington, D.C. He goes, he is? I go, let me call him. So I call and leave my friend a message. And while we're still at lunch, we we were having lunch, or we had, I guess, iced teas at a meeting. My friend calls me back. I hand the phone to this young kid. And they had set up a meeting for two weeks when this kid was in Washington. So the next day the kid calls and says, okay, I had made an offer before, I think at two seven five, I think I had upped it to 3 million. This is about a two acre piece. And so he calls, he goes, okay, my parents really want me to give it to you. I really liked you. If you pay 3.4 million, it's yours. And I said, done. (laughs) And he goes, and can you, how fast can you close? I said, 24 hours. So we ended up closing. And why I could afford to pay more is because I had really great relationships in the market on the street because I own two other shopping centers. And I had called a friend of mine who had a property across the street early on in the process. And I said, tell me what's going on. You know, we would always share market information. And she goes, you're not going to believe it. I just did a renewal for 5,000 square feet with a national company at 50 bucks a square foot. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I was had my two shopping centers down the street, and they were one was 30 and one was 40. So the fact that she had $50 rents and it was behind an out parcel. So the visibility was affected, was very good market intel. So I knew the number we were underwriting at, I knew I could pay the three four. Three weeks later, I'm at a shopping center conference and two of the competitors came up to me and said, You paid 300 grand too much. And I said, I hope not. The other person said, How'd you get that? We were after it for three months. And I'm like, two years, two years and three months. <laughs> so um, so that's how we got to own it. We still own it today, but the you'd love to hear the the ugly, because the ugly always happens. And it's my most successful deal to date. It's definitely the best deal. I wanted to do two ground leases, it was two acres, and I wanted to do two ground leases. And we had Trader Joe's looking, Wawa looking, we had all of these big names looking. But compared to building a strip center of 11,000 square feet, and I was underwriting it at 40, even though I knew the person across the street said 50, I was trying to be conservative. I knew that that we could get an NOI of you know 11,000 square feet times 40 for 440,000. But I had never developed a shopping center. And my partner had never developed from ground up. And he kept saying, don't worry, we can do it. You can do it. I'll be there for you. I'm like, okay. Because the ground lease people were like 150 each per acre. So Trader Joe's and Wobble were like, we'll pay you 150 maybe 175 So it didn't make sense. It made better sense to, to build the strip center. So off we went. <laughs> never did it before. you know. So I hired a project manager. I went through three project managers. Here was the big, bad, and the ugly. After we built it and it's all open, Starbucks is open. We have Blaze Pizza, Select Comfort, all these national names. We had Verizon. I call them up, I go, your space is ready, and it's like November. And they're like, No, we don't have to take it till April 1st. And I'm like, okay. And that's what their lease said. And I'm like, okay, so then January, I call them, your space is ready. No, we're not going to take it till April 1st. You know, March, your space is right. They were not taking it till April 1st. So finally, March 31st, a guy calls, Hi, I'm I'm in town, I'm from Verizon. I'm ready to take the space. I said, "Great. Do you do I need to meet you there?" And he said, "No. As long is there a lockbox on the on the front of the space?" I said, "Yes." He goes, "Okay." Well, the next day at three o'clock, I get a call and he goes, "This is the guy from Verizon." I'm like, "Yeah." I thought you didn't need me to meet you. There. He goes you might want to come down here. I'm like, my heart fell to my stomach. Oh, I'm no. Like, oh no! Oh this no! This is not a good thing. And I go, "Okay, I'll be there in ten minutes." So I get there and he goes, "There's a big problem." I go, "What's that?" He goes, "There are no RTUs on the roof." And Stephanie, I said, "What are RTUs?" <laughs> Well, RTUs are air conditioning units. I didn't know that. I said, I said, oh, well, did you look at the work letter on the lease? Did the work letter in the lease say we had to provide RTUs? He goes, yes. And I even called the corporate headquarters to make sure I was looking at the right lease, the right work letter. I'm like, hmm, that doesn't make sense. And I call my project manager, the third one, and I go, Verizon's here, and there's no art, you know, air conditioners on the roof. And he goes, well, yeah, because the the lease was vague, and you know, I'm like, what? Like for five months, the space has been ready, but not. So I call my air conditioning guy, again, big, bad, and ugly. And I said, Get RTUs on this guy's roof, right? So he goes up and puts the air conditioner units on the roof. He doesn't pull a permit, he gets caught. I get a call from the city, who I have a phenomenal relationship saying, You have an illegal vendor on your roof. You know, he doesn't have insurance. I go, I know he has insurance. And he's like, and you're aiding and abetting a felon. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, you have insurance, right? So I had to pay $27,000 in late fees to Verizon. Remember, I'd been calling them since November that their space was ready. And I had penalties from the city because I tried to do it without a permit for speed. So I had to fix that. So it's a very expensive lesson. I called my partner and I said, "I will pay the twenty-eight thousand dollars of penalties." He goes, "No, no. I told you I'd be there to help, and I wasn't." So that was kind of the the lesson. You know, when the when when the guy said there are no RTUs on the roof, and his developer, owner of the property, said, "What are RTUs?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he thought, "Oh my God, th- what this who is are a we dealing with." <laughs> yeah, who are we dealing? With? But the rents today are my NOI today is six sixty. So on average, $66 a square foot, it's probably worth a 12 to 14 million. We paid 3.4. The construction was probably another 4 million. We did make another mistake. The whole time we were building it, we're going to build it and flip it, build it and flip it, build it and flip it. And my partner did the loan. Again, all of these are lessons learned he did a securitized loan, a CMBS loan on it, which you can't flip properties when you have a CMBS loan on a property. You, it's like a six-month assumption process. You have to pay defeasance, a huge prepayment penalty. And right when we got everyone open and Verizon straightened out, we're like, okay, great, we're going to flip this deal for $12 million. And and we started calling the investment sale brokers like, you can't sell this deal. It's a $2 million defeasance, prepayment penalty. I'm like, oh my God. You know, even though we... Have a successful property, not knowing about the defeasance on the loan and not knowing about the
0: RTUs,
1: lessons learned all the way around. But, you know, it's a great property, my most successful to date, and we still own it.
0: Wow. What a story. A couple of notes there. Well, number one, I've known since the first time I spoke with you, you are so persistent and hardworking. So that's one of the reasons you got this deal. And number two is you asked what is important to you, which is always so important. And I tell people all the time with my sales experience, what is important to them? Not you, nothing matters. If you have a thousand different positive points, they only care about one thing. That's all you should be talking about. So great, incredible job. I'm I'm very curious. What did you put on the strip, uh, strip club? So we
1: did a strip center for 11,000 square feet. So I always, I always say I bought a strip club and made it a strip center, but um, we did a Starbucks with a drive through We did Blaze Pizza, which LeBron James was part of the franchise. And I said, I'm only going to sign this lease if LeBron James is at the opening. And he was a basketball player for the <laughs> Miami Heat. And because my boys were young, like 15, 16 at the time. And of course he moved to Cleveland before the property opened. So he did not come to the opening, but he's still part of the franchise that owns the Blaze Pizza. We did a select comfort mattress store and we did the Verizon cell phone store. So those were all corporate deals, like all major good credit. And then we had a a little space, 800 square feet and we did a local uh, ice cream store and they're killing it. They're doing almost over $2 million in ice cream. They're nitrogen (laughs) ice cream. His wife owned a boutique in a mall, but he had not had any experience, built out a beautiful ice cream store and does unbelievable on social media. And he kills it, he kills it. So they all do super well. And uh, as soon as my loan is up, we'll have to figure out if we're gonna keep it, refi. You know, I don't know what we're gonna do. We might just keep it. It's, It's absolutely main and main real estate. Next door, when we bought the strip club, there was an empty Kmart next door and the Kmart became a Whole Foods. So a lot of people Mm. say, well, you knew that was going to be a Whole Foods and I didn't, but sometimes you just get lucky, you know. but Mm. I did own two other, this is like my boardwalk to my park place. I have two other shopping centers down the street. And now I just bought into another partnership of a deal between this one and my other one. So now I own all or parts of four on this street. So it's it's a monopoly like the game.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. And that was going to be my other question. Why not just refi and keep the deal? Because coming across properties like this, why not just keep it, right? They, they're just going to- We probably will keep grow. it.
1: Yeah, we probably will keep it. We were going to flip it because we just figured all brand new leases- Brand new construction, you know, is it ever gonna be worth more than it is today? But I think it is. I mean, certainly the NOI's grown. Verizon came up for renewal about four months ago. And they're like, We don't think we're gonna stay here because you know, our rent bumps, you know, three bucks or something. I don't remember what it was. And I'm like, Okay, no problem. Would you like to leave early? Cause I could replace you and at probably a higher rent than I signed the lease five years ago. And mm-hmm. then, you know, about a month later they called, Oh no, we're gonna stay in renew. I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> Shocker. Good
0: yeah that's why i love florida so much because you know it's pro business a lot of people are moving there pro sanity (laughs) so there is a reason why it's thriving beth thank you so much for coming here and going over this deal um you'd went over four more properties on the tour at least or three or four and... i think we we did six properties i've sold one since got a five and a half
1: cap which i'm very happy about it was a wow. center that i bought that was not a grocery anchored center and then it became a grocery anchored center but stephanie we, we really just need to get more women investing right mm-hmm. which is that was the whole purpose of the conference and of the tour when i talk to women i say well why don't you invest you know do you invest money yes well where do you invest it in the stock market well why don't some of most of them are in the career of commercial real estate Why aren't you investing in the thing that you are doing your career in? And they, a lot of them are, they're afraid. They think it's too risky. They think it's too complicated. So what I'm trying to do is if you see it, you can be it. And if I can put eight speakers, like we're going to do in March, eight speakers in multifamily self-storage, retail hotels. If I can put women on stage and say, talk about your first deal, talk about your fears. And then if they can go into a breakout room and watch how someone underwrites a deal. We take the mystery out of it. Last year, we probably had 30% of those women in that room have invested in commercial real estate deals for the first time. One of the women who spoke, you remember her, Natasha Falcone, she is multifamily. She did an all-women investor deal about three months ago, and eight of the women that are her partners came from that conference.
0: Wow! How great is that? Incredible. Like what was the percentage again of women that invest in commercial it was very, very, it was single digits. Three, three.
1: So of, of all of the investors in commercial real estate, only three, the women in commercial real estate working has gotten up to a whopping 36%. So those are women that are working in the commercial real estate field, which when I first started, it was probably less than 5%. But now we have to work on that number of investors again, because they're investing. If yeah. a woman said, "Well, I don't invest at all," then I'm you're not my customer of this mission. But when right. she says, "I do invest and I put it all on I mean, my Netflix stock, my Tesla stock, my Apple stock, they're all down 50, 60, 80%." My real estate's yep. not down. Yep. So, I want them to think about investing small, little like let's just take baby steps in other you know, in real estate for investment.
0: And never forget the leverage, right? I always say $100,000 of stock buys you $100,000 of stock with a loan, $100,000 in real estate, you can buy a $500,000 property. If both of them go up 10%, you made that's 10k massive. in your stock and you made 50k in your real estate. Yes! 50k that's that's already half of your money back oh, well, that the, you put you gotta, down. You're, You
1: need to tell the ladies in the room that when when you're on our stage on March 8th in Orlando, that you need to say. So tell us about your conference. So it's the Women's Commercial Real Estate Investment Conference. It's March 8th, which is Women's International Day. Oh, that's right. And it's in Orlando at the Hyatt Regency. The night before, we'll have a VIP dinner for, I think we're limiting it to 25 VIPs. I think we've sold 20 of those tickets already. And you were there last year. So what I do is I do a fireside chat with eight speakers in eight different asset classes, ask them all kinds of questions. We let the audience ask questions too. And then in the afternoon, we'll go into breakout rooms where you will go through a self storage deal that you purchased you know whiteboard where you'll say okay this is how i underwrote it or maybe you'll pass out the underwriting however my speakers want to do it what we found out last year is the ladies were very interested but they wanted to go deeper so thankfully to speakers like you you are willing to give the time and the energy and the commitment to take help the audience go a little deeper and we'll have two of those exchanges in the afternoon so they might be able to go to your room and maybe go to the woman that does multifamily. So you'll get to go to two breakout rooms and get down and dirty with the speakers on their deals.
0: And it's not like you invited me a while ago. You literally just invited me before we hit the recording. So thank you so much for that um, very generous invitation. I definitely recommend the VIP, not only for building relationships, but also for getting more information. Like I remember vividly, one of the shopping centers, you said... When you paint a shopping center, people will call you. It was a twenty percent
1: calls go. twenty yeah. percent of the calls go up, and they say, "Oh, I'm calling about your new shopping center. It's been there forty years. I literally just painted the one that was in front of the mall. It was yellow. I don't know if you remember, but it was yellow. We just painted it white. I got four calls on it today. It's, <laughs> it's a
0: crazy." So just that one piece of information pays for that whatever extra few hundred dollars more, thousands of times over, if not millions of times over on your reinvestment. So this is a parenthesis. As of the release of this episode, the VIP has been sold out. However, I encourage you to be a hustler like Beth and ask her for an extra ticket if you want the VIP one. End of parenthesis. Beth, how can our listeners get in touch with you? So Instagram,
1: uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, all under Beth Azor. Very, very easy to get me.
0: And as always, all of the links will be on their show notes. Beth, thank you so much for providing such fantastic value to everybody out there. Even the boys are invited. Uh, I saw some guys at the conference. So thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing you in March.
1: Me too, Stephanie. Thanks for agreeing to be a speaker. And thanks for having me on your show.
0: And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at montecarlorei.com. And I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers, Jill Hutt. She says, Love this podcast. I feel like I'm listening to a genuine friend giving advice on investing. She has fantastic guests on the show that are relevant in the commercial space. Thanks for hosting a great podcast. Thank you, Jill. And it actually turns out that Jill is going to be at Beth's event. And I'm so excited to meet her in person and hopefully many more of you. And I will see you next time.